Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Rob's Records podcast. Tighten up.
Episode 10, the first song there was Blue Monday by New Order, released in 1988 when I was 10 years old. And there will be some more references to some 10 items. And the first one is coming up right now for you. And this, and these are classics, 10 classics written by Carol King, but covered by other artists. So the first one is The Shirelles, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, recorded in 1961. Bobby V, Take Good Care of My Baby, also released in 1961. And you have Donny Osmond's Go Away Little Girl, from 1971. Little Eva, The Locomotion, also covered by Kylie Minogue, from 1972. James Taylor, You've Got a Friend, 1971. The Animals, don't Bring Me Down, from 1966. Then you have Aretha Franklin's You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, from 1967. Also from 1967, The Monkees' Pleasant Valley Sunday. In 1964, you have Herman Hermits' I'm Into Something Good. Finally, The Drifters' Up on the Roof, from 1963. Interestingly, I was going to use the Shirelles Will You Love Me Tomorrow for the cleaning a record with wood glue. But unfortunately, the record, I think, where it's from, uh, is 62 years old. It has been played to death. I thought it was just a case of it being dirty. But it uh, turns out it's actually just been played to death and the, the quality wasn't that good. So I chose another song, but more on that later. I read the news today, oh boy. A 51-year-old man was found tied up in the woods after a sex game went wrong, German police said. The man was found bound with ropes and a pantyhose over his head on top of a deer hunting platform in the woods near the towns of Buckberg, Lower Saxony. The man appeared to have gone into the woods with a woman he met online, who tied him up and then suddenly left when she received a phone call, according to police. He was rescued after a cyclist and a hunter heard his cries for help. The man told police that he had a box cutter with him for such situations, but had underestimated the woman's bondage skills and was tied up so well he could not reach it, police said. He was rescued from the woods unharmed. The man also refused to provide any information about the woman's identity but the police are investigating her on suspicion of failure to render assistance and possible deprivation of liberty. Great Scott! Letitia Jones always wanted to be a doctor growing up and was on the way to achieving her dream when she began studying biomedical science at university. She was also working part-time at Tesco's in Manchester to earn a living and pay her fees. But she fell into a new side hustle that quickly racked up thousands of pounds. Letitia, now 22, discovered a niche for people willing to pay between £300 and £1,500 to satisfy their strange request for spit, toenail clippings and weak old bedsheets. So naturally she ditched her job and dropped out of university to sell spit full time and now claims to have remarkably paid off £11,000 debt and bought her first property with the cash. It all started as a fluke and now I've been doing it for four years. It began when I moved to Manchester for university and I was working at Tesco's. I've already explained that. I started doing OnlyFans and through that I got weird requests for shower water. 
I always knew it was a thing, but didn't know it was so easily accessible. I did a lot of research and dug deep into the industry to fulfill the unusual requests I get. I use sites that aren't known or spoken about. When I first got asked for a bottle of my spit, I thought it was a joke at first and realized that it couldn't be serious until I realized it was. I agreed and asked for 300 pounds. That was the highest number I could think of. And this one was going to university. He then asked for my bank details and paid it. I couldn't believe how easy it was. It's much easier than OnlyFans and taking photos, that's for sure. The 22-year-old won't ever take requests for lower than £100 and usually does three a day. I had people ask for bed sheets after I've slept in them for a week, gym clothes that are really sweaty and disgusting, bath water, toothbrushes and toothpaste spit. Anything you can think of, people want it. How would you post bath water? Or is it just a little bit of it? Hmm. Spit is a popular one and I will do them a few times a week. I don't sell my spit for just £250. I gauge it by each customer. If I know they will pay a lot, I will charge more. I do negotiate to some extent, but I don't sell for less than £200. The most I have made from spit is £1,500. I knew the guy had money and he was happy to pay it. It's a world away from stacking shelves and scanning items in Tesco's and Leticia has managed to pay off her and her mum's debt. I studied biomedical science and wanted to be a doctor, something I'd wanted to do for my whole life, Leticia explained. I was so broke in university and I didn't have any money. I needed the cash fast, which meant I was working every single hour God could give me at Tesco's. I didn't realise God was the CEO of Tesco's. Although it was still wasn't enough to live off, so I started doing this. Then it didn't make sense to work at Tesco's or go to university anymore as the demand was so high. I was making more money than I've ever seen in my life. Great Scott! A woman has been left sick to her stomach after a DNA kit revealed her husband has been having a secret affair with her mum for 22 long years. She explained, she explained how he, he even fathered her twin brothers now known to be her half-brothers, after getting both women pregnant within days of each other. The 40-year-old says she has broken all the trust in men I had and has completely destroyed her family. I have been with my 39-year-old husband since we were 15. I got pregnant at 17 and we moved in with my parents. Shortly after giving birth to their oldest daughter, they got married and moved into her late grandfather's ranch, which was next door to her parents' house. My grandparents built a house next door to my parents when they retired, she added. My parents decided to let us live in this house and told us this would be my inheritance. My husband and I had no issues with this. We went on to have three more children and currently, I'm currently seven months pregnant with my last child. She went on to explain how she considered their marriage to be good, keeping it exciting by going on date nights, buying each other gifts and being intimate with each other more than twice a week. But when she returned home from a girl's trip, her entire world was shattered in pieces after discovering her mum and husband together in the bedroom. I walked into my bedroom to find my mum having sex with my husband, she said. My mother screamed at me to get out of their bedroom, which really shook me up even more. Unfortunately, my oldest daughter was also home in the bedroom across the house getting ready for a party. The woman, who has six siblings between the ages of 42 and 18, couldn't keep the disgusting news to herself any longer and told her dad everything. She added, I immediately called to my dad and told him to come to my house without my mum. I made my husband confess and my dad was devastated. He and my mum were high school sweethearts too. Needless to say, we could hear my mum screaming from her house when he confronted her. 
My dad kicked her out and now she's living with my 38-year-old sister. My dad insisted on a DNA test for the three youngest boys before he'd consider anything to do with their marriage. The twins are my husband's biological children. I've since kicked him out and he's living with his parents. Not wanting anything more to do with them, the woman and her dad are now trying to sell their homes to buy a larger property elsewhere together. Since the house was still in my father's name, my husband will get no money from the sale, and neither will my mother. Since inherited assets are not subject to be split in divorces, she added. My mother is also likely not to get any alimony as our state is not a no-fault divorce state. After working out the timings of everything, the woman came to the conclusion that her husband had got her and her mum pregnant within just days of each other. Great Scott! It's that time of the show. And for you new listeners out there, what it is is that I will play the last five seconds of a song and you have to guess what that last five seconds is. Uh, There won't be any clues, because this one I think is quite easy. But uh, it could be hard, who knows. But here are the first last five seconds. Any ideas? How about if I just give you a few more moments before I play the second, last five seconds? Okay, here we go. Did you get it? Well, congratulations to those of you who did. It is indeed The Cure's Close To Me.
10 Intriguing Inspirations for Songs. So Paul Simon's song, Mother and Child Reunion, released in 1972, was inspired by a chicken and egg dish on a Chinese restaurant menu. Otis Black's All Shook Up from 1957 was inspired by a bottle of Pepsi. Willie Nelson's Who'll Buy My Memories from 1991 was inspired by the loss of $16 million, or 10 million pounds, in back taxes to the IRS. Tommy Jones and the Shondells' Money Money from 1968 was inspired by the neon sign of the Mutual of New York Insurance Building. Thomas Durden and May Boren Axton's Heartbreak Hotel from 1956 was from a newspaper story relating to a suicide note. Phil Spector's To Know Him Is To Love Him from 1958 was inspired by the words on his father's tombstone. Leaping forward to 1977 and Jackson Brown's Running On Empty was, as you guessed it, inspired by an empty petrol tank. Otis Redding's Respect from 1965 was inspired by a conversation between Otis and Al Jackson. Stop in the Name of Love by Holland, Dozier and Holland from 1965 was inspired by a comment made by Dozier during a fight with his girlfriend. And Sam and Dave's Hold On I'm Coming from 1966 was inspired by Dave Porter's response to Isaac Hayes when Hayes told him to hurry up out of the toilet. Before we go on to Rob's records, I just want to tell you about this purchase I made, which I'm using to record my records onto my MacBook. I was using this horrible cable before, which I felt was probably losing a lot of the quality, and it was on a 2009 MacBook Pro, which it overheats at the slightest thing. Sometimes it doesn't even turn on, so I was beginning to be a bit worried because I couldn't uh, record any songs for future shows. But what it is, it costs £20 from Amazon. It's uh, by Ion and it's called Vinyl Forever. So turntable to computer interface. It converts your records and tapes to MP3 using your existing turntable or tape player. So yeah, it's not a bad little package actually. You get quite a lot of uh, bits in there. So, you get it, so it will connect to your existing turntable or other devices to your computer. It allows you to convert your records and tapes into digital MP3 files or WAVs or whatever you want to call it. They do give you a uh, CD to install the recording software included. But what I've been using 
is Audacity. So on Audacity, you probably can uh, save them, because uh, they're recorded as WAV files, you could save them as FLAX if you wanted. So there are RCA outputs with line in, phono selector and gain control. So again, if you had a record player which had a built-in amp, you can plug that straight into the computer via this little gizmo. And it's quite cute actually, it looks like a very tiny record player. I think some of the comments on, uh, on Amazon where people thought it was a record player, but it's like, my God, it's, it's like a, uh, a cracker. That's how small the record turntable is. So how on earth you'd be able to play a record that might last maybe 10 seconds. And yeah, there's a headphone output with volume control. So again, you can listen to the actual songs whilst they're being recorded. And it'll save you the hassle of actually thinking, oh, is it distorted or whatever is trying to get the peak levels just right. So yeah, that's the uh, Vinyl Forever by ION. If you are interested in converting any tapes or indeed, like I do, vinyl, it's well worth it. And you will hear the quality in a moment. So the song I've chosen for this show's Rob's Records is one that I first heard back in I think it was 2011 and I hadn't really heard too much of the band before who, uh, who, who released it. It was the third track from their 2010 album Brothers and it was the first song they released on single I think it was April uh, 2010 so I, yeah it must have been when I've uh, picked it up and this song became one of their, their most successful singles in the United States being their first song to chart in the Billboard Hot 100. And it was produced uh, with some guy called Danger Mouse and I'd heard of Danger Mouse because he had done some recordings with CeeLo Green and they did that song Crazy. It is also I think sub Following this, I did hear a uh, Danger Mouse produced album called Rome, and there's a really good song on there, um, Nora Jones on there, so I'm not going to give you too much information. You can play Detective and find it on Spotify. But fantastic uh, songs, uh, that whole album. It sounded a bit distorted to me, and I thought it was just the way I'd kind of listen to it on my headphones, probably too loud, but no, there's some of it. But, you know, it adds to the feel of it. But yeah, this song, as I was saying, I think it might have been, I heard it on an advert. And it was like, oh, who, who's this? And I, I don't even know if I had Spotify at the time. So it was very much one of those things of going on to um, the internet and having a look through, uh, well, just doing a search really trying to figure out the um, type of the advert in and the name and then it came up with the music video and the song is Tighten Up if you haven't guessed it by now by the Black Keys and it's a really funny video and it was like oh, okay and then I think I went on Wikipedia and I think this is one of the few times where I've come really late to the party as it were listening to you know a song and, and then realizing that they had quite a, an enormous back catalogue behind it. So I think the, the Brothers was their sixth album that they released. Their first one was The Big Come Up from 2002. And then 2003 was Thick Freakness. 2004 was Rubber Factory. 2006, Magic Potion. 2008, Attack and Release. And then they had a bit of a uh, break 
from it. And then that's when Dan Auerbach, the guitarist and singer, had his own so he did a solo album after creating his own uh, Easy Eye recording studios in his, I think, at the back of his house. I don't know. So then you had their brothers released in 2010, and as soon as I kind of got into them, they then released El Camino in 2011. And then in 2012, I went to see them at the O2. Uh, since, since then, I think Turn Blue was released in 2014. I remember listening to that on a, um, my wife and I, she was pregnant, we'd gone off, I think it was called the Baby Moon, I think it is, where you go off and you, you, you kind of have a weekend to yourselves, relaxing and, and doing whatever. And I managed to get it, or someone had uh, uploaded the whole album on uh, YouTube. So I was listening to it through my tiny speakers, but absolutely, you know, amazing, Tan Blue. Then they released uh, Let's Rock in 2019, Delta Cream 2021, which is an album of covers, really worth checking those uh, out. And then just recently, in 2022, uh, Dropout Boogie. Now, if I was to select what my favorite albums were, it's, it's a tough one, because I think Rubber Factory, El Camino and Brothers, I think Brothers is, it's, I don't know, it, it's, it's, you got, I think it's, it's a different kind of mood. It doesn't feel dark or anything, but it really does feel like it could be in a, uh, in a film noir type movie. I had covered this a long time ago in a, in a previous podcast with it, who I did with my good friend Carl Reader. And that was called Robin Carl's Excellent Podcast Show, or I think back then it was called Arseholes. I think we then changed it because people thought it might have been a religious podcast, which, <laughs> far from it. So yes, this song is Tighten Up. It's from their original uh, 2010 uh, issue. I know that in 2020 they did a 10-year remaster of it which i don't really agree with too much because it just um yeah it just doesn't seem right because i mean has technology changed so much in in that time for it to really stand out and all the stuff that they put on there there's well they had on um they had released like an uh, an expanded edition of the brothers album and you did get like some kind of first takes or rough demos of some of their songs on there but in terms of anything new on the deluxe 10 year anniversary edition of it, it's just a lot of live stuff, which if you go on YouTube, you can you know, seek it out, stuff for the, you know. So for me, not really worth the money. So this is the 2010 recording using my new Ion Vinyl Forever turntable to computer interface.
So when the record player was first invented, it wasn't solely used for the recording and playing of music. And here are 10 suggested uses by Thomas Edison for his phonograph invention. Number one, letter writing and all kinds of dictation without the aid of a stenographer. Number two, phonographic books which will speak to blind people without effort on their part. Number three, the teaching of elocution. Number four, as we know and love, the reproduction of music. Five, the family record, a registry of sayings, reminiscences, etc. by members of a family in their own voices and of the last words of a dying person. Oof. Number six, music boxes and toys. Seven, clocks that should announce in articulate speech the time for going home, going to meals, etc. Eight, the preservation of languages by exact reproduction of the manner of pronunciation. Number nine, educational purposes, such as preserving the explanations made by a teacher so that a pupil can refer to them at any moment, and spelling or other lessons placed upon the phonograph for convenience in committing to memory. And number 10, connection with the telephone so as to make that instrument an auxiliary in the transmission of permanent and invaluable records instead of being the recipient of momentary and fleeting communication. How cool is that? Don't know if we use many of those things which I've said. Anyway, as mentioned at the very beginning of the show, I used uh, some wood glue to clean a record which was originally the seven inch single, Will You Love Me Tomorrow? Unfortunately, that didn't work out too well because I don't think there was much of a change in it. But yes, in terms of the wood glue, I used Evo Stick's wood glue, fast setting formula, exterior. So Evo Stick wood glue is fast setting and dries to form a bond stronger than the wood itself. It can be sanded, painted or stained, making Evo Stick wood glue ideal for general joinery, woodworking and repair jobs. Suitable for use with all types of wood, including softwood, hardwood, chipboard, plywood and blockwood. Full bond strength will be achieved after 24 hours. Suitable for interior and exterior use. So absolutely no reference there to cleaning records. I have seen some of these videos on YouTube of where these people have been record, uh, covering their records in glue, leaving it all to, to set. I think somebody did do the whole recording, so that includes covering up the label to and they layered it and layered it and layered it. So when they peeled it off, they then tried to play the, the record, but it just sounded absolutely dreadful. So what you do, fundamentally, is you put your record on the turntable. I normally have it on 33 and a third, and just move the arm of the record so it starts spinning around. And then from the inside out, you squeeze a fine line of this glue, and then using a very non-abrasive kind of uh, edge of something so I used a folded up bit of paper just very gently I smoothed all the glue around the rim of the whole record and then obviously you you leave it to sit to dry and it's it's actually uh, it takes a while and it's very satisfying actually when you peel it off and then you can actually feel the the actual grooves within the record 
So the record I chose to use was the record called The History of Eric Clapton, which is a compilation, double LP, released in 1972. And it features uh, songs from The Yardbirds, Cream, Blind Faith, and Derek and the Dominoes. And interestingly, this compilation is notable for helping Clapton's career when he was battling heroin addiction and making the song Layla famous. It is also notable for being perhaps the first compilation in rock music to collect music of a single rock musician that spans time, bands, music styles, and record labels. So the album cover was taken at George Harrison's concert in Bangladesh whilst Clapton was playing whilst my guitar gently weeps on a Gibson by Birdland hollow body guitar. So what I accidentally did with when I was doing the gluing, I put glue on the wrong side of the record and so I ended up cleaning the wrong side. So I flipped it over. Luckily I had enough glue and my Evo stick would glue. Did the same thing, peeled it. So but actually before I did all that, I took a recording of the song. So then what I could do then for you listeners is to splice it like I normally do when I do these comparisons. And so every 30 seconds, you will hear a different version. So it starts off dirty, then clean, dirty, clean, dirty, clean. So this record, the reason I chose it wasn't the fact that I, I think I only paid like four quid for it. And I've got uh, blind faith. I've got all of the cream stuff on uh, vinyl anyway. So got the most important stuff. I haven't got Derek and the Dominoes. I think I might get that next, although I do have the lady in the balcony on my Amazon watch list. It's currently 37 quid, but I'm like, I'm gonna wait for that to, to come down. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Clapton. He went from Delta Blues to uh, Delta Denier, didn't he? I think at some point, but um, how that's all transpiring now. Cause I think he had the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine. He said it made him feel absolutely disastrous. That's like, well, this guy was shooting up heroin for years, so, um, and he's being picky now about what he's injecting into his veins. Anyway, so the song is Layla, and before I play it, there's a couple of things I want to mention to you. Obviously, there is the Spotify playlist that you can listen to all of the songs from the show without me jabbering on in between. So that is available via the Instagram bio link and it also contains all of the links which will enable you to send it to your friend and say, hey, listen to this podcast. And the Instagram link is robsrecords underscore pod. I'll also post the links onto the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash robsrecordpodcast. So next show, and I don't know if you've seen in the news recently about Paul McCartney talking about AI and how he's used AI to create the final Beatles song. And there's been a lot of chitter chatter on the interweb and everyone's going on about it being Now and Then, which was the third song from the anthology uh, compilations that they did. So the first song was Free as a Bird, which they all got together and did. So the remaining members, so Ringo Starr, George Harrison, Paul McCartney. And then Real Love was the, the second one, although I heard the acoustic guitar version, which opens up the film Imagine. I think it was from 1987, I think the film is. Do check it out. It's a really nice movie. I remember 
after getting into the Beatles, I then saw that in the um, record shop I used to go to a lot in King Street. And I got home, watched it, and it's just amazing just to learn about John Lennon's life. I mean, it's sad, but um, yeah, you, it's, just, it's just one of those documentaries like now, obviously everything's on bloody YouTube or, or wherever it is, easy download or streaming and all those different bits. But I don't think it is going to be Now and Then, which is the third song that apparently the remaining Beatles started working on, but George Harrison was like, no, nah, this is shit. We're not going to bother doing it. I think, because I don't know if any of you have watched the Get Back documentary on Disney Plus, where it's uh, something like nine hours of the recording of Let It Be. And I've heard bootlegs from those sessions. And one of the songs on there was the song called Watching Rainbows. And it wasn't contained within the Disney documentary. And I think, but this is really weird. I thought they meant to be sharing everything. So I think it's going to be that song. But at the next show, I'll be talking to you about AI. And I'll give you a couple of examples of where it's worked well and where it hasn't worked well. But without any further ado, I will let you decide for yourself whether to use wood glue. I would say be very careful. Don't stick yourself to it. Um, don't do it on any really good records if you want to do the carry out the experiment for yourself. But I think it did clean it a little bit. So as I said, the first 30 seconds is the dirty bit. Then the next 30 seconds is clean, dirty clean, and so on through the record it's itself. So yes, do enjoy, and I'll catch you at the next one.
blesses thee. Amen.